Welcome to More Than A Few Words, marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is part of the digital toolbox, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, we're going to talk about lifecycle marketing. Your customers go through many steps and phases as you work with them. And so your marketing needs to reflect where they are in their customer journey. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I couldn't think of a better person to have this conversation with than Ellen McDowell. Ellen is the founder of Ellen McDowell, Your Social Butterfly. She's a certified keep partner, a certified constant contact solution provider, and a professional speaker. She speaks regionally to small business owners and entrepreneurs on best practices for incorporating email and social media marketing. Ellen, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Lorraine. I'm happy to be back. I am so excited that you are back one more time. For those of you who have not had a chance to hear some of Ellen's other conversations with me, there'll be links in the show notes to all of those great conversations. But today, Ellen, I want to dive into this topic of life cycle marketing. Define for me first what life cycle marketing is and then kind of how you approach it. Life cycle marketing involves looking at your client's entire life cycle. So from before they even know you, how do you find them? How do they find you? Making sure you go all the way through your marketing till you think you're finished with them and you either want them to, to upgrade, to renew, or to give you testimonial and give reviews. And no matter where they are in that life cycle of their relationship with you, we need to be making sure you're still marketing. Marketing isn't just that initial, so many fo- people focus on that first part, the social media, the, the how do you find them? And they almost drop off as soon as, okay, I found them. Now what I do with them? <laughs> and, and they don't pay attention to the full life cycle. So I like helping people make sure they have everything in place. Okay, so we're not going to focus on the social media and the awareness building because you say that's where people seem to be most comfortable. Let's talk about where do they drop the ball? Where's the first place you see them maybe missing opportunities? Definitely missing the opportunities to creating your own list and your own audience. At the end of, let's just say, the mess that, that occurred in the past few years, I started watching how many people were saying, you know, I'm tired of this site. I'm tired of that site. I'm getting off. And I realized so many small businesses and solo professionals were going to lose their audience because people said that they were going to either, you know, totally leave certain sites. And sometimes they were the most popular ones, or they knew that they would reduce the amount of time that they were spending on those sites. And so you need to focus on, How do you get people to pay attention to you on the sites, but then sign up to get something so you can continue the conversation and have a deeper conversation than you can when you are, you know, just, just posting and throwing stuff out there. You need to start the conversation and get them into some sort of educational campaign where you start sending them, you know, how do you work with me? What are the best practices? not just sales things, but what are the best practices in what you do? Educate your clients so they realize that they, that you know your stuff and that you're the one they want to work with. 
Absolutely. And I always told people, social media is a lot like going to a singles bar. You're going to meet a lot of nice people, but you want to bring your date home. And home is your website and it's your email newsletter. And it sounds like you have a very similar attitude on where the real magic happens. That's right. The the magic happens at home um, and never on the first date. I mean, you know, <laughs> much to, to continue on that, that singles bar reference, it's not going to happen the first time that they run across you. But hopefully after you start convincing them that, you know, yes, I am, you know, I have my knowledge. I know, like, and trust me here. Let me offer you more, invite them home and then start educating them and get them into that nurture sequence. And then even when they're they're buying, how do you make sure that you're delivering with a certain cadence and that it all gets done like you think that they're going to? I think that is such good advice because it really forces you to continue to think about the customer through that whole process, not just the excitement of getting to know them and getting them to sign up, but then when they become a customer, how does the communication change? What kind of things should I focus on once somebody has signed on the dotted line? I think the most important thing is to make sure that you have your system or your methods in place. So if it is in-person meetings, then how do you get them to schedule those? You know, is it through an online? Um, How do you send them if you're doing a package and they get so many of this meeting and so many of that meeting, you know, figuring out how you're going to keep up with that and making sure that, that you're organized to where you have that in place. So many people put together their packages and they're like, oh, but I don't know how I'm going to keep track of. They've done their introduction meeting, but they haven't done the three coaching packages and they haven't met with this. So it's it's getting those systems in place and having those conversations to make sure that you, you have that in place. And then when you finish, you know, so many people forget to go ask for a review. I am participating right now in a, a new marketplace for one of the um, groups that I work with. And I noticed that I haven't gotten any reviews yet. So everybody else who has reviews is on the first and second page. And I don't have to get that many reviews to get moved up. People are paying attention to reviews. So that last step of, you know, asking for the review, sending them to, to, to Google, um, Facebook would be secondary, but definitely the Google, or if you're sending people to a certain site, you know, pay attention to how many reviews you have in the different places. That is so true. I see that in every industry that people are paying, particularly as we are not out in public as much, people are paying a lot of attention to reviews. They're checking review sites. The data shows at alarming, well, alarming or good, depending on how your reviews are, (laughs) but but just an outstanding amount of attention being paid to reviews. And so you've got to have a system to cultivate those reviews. So it happens almost automatically. Yes, because people are paying attention. And if you get, because so many people don't send them out saying, well, what if somebody gives a negative review? Well, if they're unhappy, they're going to find a place to give you a negative review somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so... I remember, and it made such an impression on me, somebody in one of the classes when I was, was, was out speaking said, 
he actually went and paid attention to the negative reviews just to see how people responded because that is what told him more than if people had all the five-star reviews, mm-hmm. that, you know, that the answer to, do you blame the person that, oh, it was all your fault, you don't know what you were saying, or do you take some responsibility? And I tell people, you know, acknowledge that it didn't go how you wanted and then get it offline. You know, invite them to call you, invite them to, but, you know, you have to have those, those, let's say, less than the five-star reviews sometimes to seem more credible. Absolutely. I know when I look, like I'm looking for hotels, I always read the reviews. I want to see how many bad reviews there are, because if there are too many, I don't want to stay there. But then I do look at the bad reviews and I want to see, is it legitimate? Are they complaining about something that would bother me? Because sometimes something that bothers somebody else wouldn't bother me. But also I want to know if something goes wrong, will they take care of me? And if they mm-hmm. will, I'm like, okay, I'm willing to give that service provider, that hotel, restaurant, whatever, a chance. I'm sure you've seen there's a, a link to people who've written bad reviews on travel sites. And somebody wrote, the beaches were too sandy. You know, <laughs> I, I expect my beaches to be sandy. <laughs> so you have to pay attention to what people are saying and how, you know, what, what their standard is. <laughs> Absolutely. But you as the business owner have to remember that if it's not what they expected, all you can do is say, I'm sorry you were disappointed. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to apologize that my beach was sandy, but I'm sorry yeah. it was I'm sorry it wasn't what you wanted. And so that's a really nice way to kind of maintain the whole cycle. Anything else that people should keep in mind as they're thinking about this entire marketing cycle? We divide it into to, to kind of those three parts to where, because it can get so overwhelming when I say you have to pay attention to everything. And so you have that first when you are uh, collecting the leads, when you're getting people to know you, those prospects. So focus on just that part to probably get started. You probably have a lot of those pieces already in place. And then the then go to the converting. How are we going to take these people from you know, being online, are we going to have a landing page? Are they going to be able to sign up for something? Can we create a, a worksheet? You know, I have a worksheet right now that people can easily download and, and figure out how, you know, where am I the best on my wheel for success and where do I need some work? And then they can up, upload the picture of that and we can have a conversation about it and get it to that next place. And then how do you, once you convert them, deliver what you have. And so the last part is the creating the fans. So make sure that you deliver what you promised. So instead of trying to pay attention to the whole thing all at once, break it down into those bite-sized chunks and figure out which one you need to start with first. Ellen, that is such great advice. Thank you so much for dropping by and being a part of the show today. I am so happy that you asked me back. I'll come back anytime. I love talking with you and, you know, sharing a little bit about how to make sure that you're doing the marketing that you can do for yourself. And when do you need to hire a professional to, to nudge you along and get you a little further? And I'm going to encourage anyone, if you are listening, there will be a link to Ellen McDowell, your social butterfly, so you can learn more about her her speaking engagements, and the wonderful products that she uses with her clients. Thanks again, Alan. Thank you, Lorraine.
If you've enjoyed today's conversation and would like to find other resources for your business, be sure to check out digitaltoolbox.club. We've just launched a new unlimited lifetime access program. Now's a great time to take advantage of it. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.